Welcome to Diner Talks with James. Slide into the booth and let's have conversations we never want to end with friends we never want to leave over food we probably shouldn't be eating. My friends, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Diner Talks with James. I'm James. I am super pumped to be out here with you all. We got Tashika Grant coming out in just a hot minute, y'all. But before we get her out here, y'all, listen, I was wondering if you could help me out. I'm trying to figure out who the heck listens to this thing. Podcasts are weird. Um, And so I'm trying to connect with my community uh, because I would just love to know what you think's working, what you think is not working. I am uh, out here with the growth mindset. I want this to be the show that you want it to be. Um, and so if you could shoot me an email, I'm james at jamestrobo.com. If you want to follow at Diner Talks with James on Instagram, whatever it is, my friends, feel free to message me and let me know what do you like? What do you not like? Do you miss the top three, top three? Do you like the segment? Do you not? What What do you, I'm just, you know, let's figure it out, my friends. Uh, podcasting is fascinating because I don't know who listens to this. I don't know. I kind of know how many of you listen to it, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything His numbers are weird. And I would just love to build this community out. Like I said, we got to come up with a name for ourselves. I still haven't figured it out. Are we the, are we the milkshakers? Are we the pancakers? Are we the, uh, are we the waffle house guests? I have no idea y'all, but we're going to figure it out. Um, and I'm super excited to continue to build community with you. So please shoot me a message either on diner talks with James, uh, on Instagram, or like I said, shoot me an email, James at James And let's connect my friends. I appreciate you. All right, y'all, let's get into this episode. We're about to talk about some parenting. We're talking about stay-at-home mom life. We're going to talk about interracial marriages. We're going to have a really dope conversation with the one and only Tashika Grant. Tashika Grant is a content creator Feel free to check her out on Instagram, Life with Tashika. Her website, lifewithtashika.com. She posts a ton of really powerful, real talk about parenting, about motherhood, about marriage, about all sorts of things surrounding the parenting world. Uh, she is a powerful voice. She is hysterical. She's a fellow New Yorker. So, really, that's all I needed to hear. But no matter what, I am super excited for you to feel this energy. Let's bring her out right now. What's going on? on to Shika. Hi, everybody. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hi. How is everyone doing? Thank you so much, James, for having me on here. I'm super excited. This is my very first podcast guest. Um, oh being a vet. So I'm excited. I'm excited for this. Yes. And what not like I since I met you on Clubhouse, because that's where we met, I was like, nah, his energy is fire. And I have to link with him somehow. I don't know how we're gonna do it, but we're gonna do it. And then once, you know, and then this whole like us getting together on this podcast and speaking together just made it um so much easier. So I am so excited. I, I'm, I'm excited so to have you here. I agree. Your your energy on Clubhouse, uh, along with the truth bombs that you dropped uh was uh was was powerful and i knew i hit you i literally hit you up right away so i'm really excited that you are here on diner talks with me james Um, (laughs) let's do it (laughs) my friend as i mentioned in the intro you are a fellow new yorker where did you grow up i am a fellow new yorker oh my gosh it's such an interesting story so i am from originally the bronx i am from pelham Uh, yes bx yes born and bred i'm from pelham um um, Pelham Projects, that's where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother moved upstate New York when I was seven. And then we moved to Iowa when I was n- n- eight, nine, true. almost nine. Um, I was like, yeah, eight or nine. And then my mom went back to New York, but she did not want to go back to the city. So we moved back to where we did upstate, where I lived and stayed until I was 20. 27 and then we moved to texas and i've been here since then and it'll be almost four years that i've been in texas so oh, i moved man. around a lot like the wind blew when i left <laughs> the wind blew when i was like okay so let's go over here 
it's fine. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Uh, that is delightfully random, that random Iowa move. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's funny because like my mom definitely was just like, oh, we're going to go visit my older sister's family. Like dad's side of the family lived there. And like we've all like mm-hmm. I grew up like very close with her dad's side of the family. That's also a very long story. And um <laughs> we're really close and my mom was like oh we're gonna go visit them because my grandmother her mother just passed away and she mm-hmm. was like I cannot be in New York anymore I just need to get some, a breather and like so I was like oh we're just gonna go visit and then I was like it's been like six months how long is a visit <laughs> and then you know it turned into us living there for I think like three years uh, I'm also a proud New Yorker. I grew up on Long Island, uh, lived recently uh, in Brooklyn and moved out to Minnesota. So I am like you where I, I go back to get my city fix. And as soon as I pull into the city, I, I adjust myself in the driver's like, seat. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I get, I get, I get in a new stance. Um, I walk faster. I, I, I smile less. Uh, and like uh, I also get a lot of work done. Because it's time to move in New York. So uh. time is money. Time is money. You are a hundred percent. So you said Long Island. Where in Long Island are you from? Suffolk County, a little town called okay. Saville. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I know it is. My friends um lived in Deer Park. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So um Better I yes. So I yeah, <laughs> I went to Deer Park a lot. My favorite thing in in Long Island to do is to go to Fire Island, hop on mm-hmm. that ferry, hit ocean, um, ocean beach ocean and beach, get yeah. get drunk all day. <laughs> and eat calamari and just live my whole life and then life yeah so i do miss those days i talk about it often now i'm curious you know i mean you are a proud new yorker um do you fancy yourself a new york diner and if so what is your typical new york diner order I miss dino food. <laughs> Texas, get it together, okay? If you're listening, Texas, somebody get this together. Somebody, please. Um, no, my typical order if I go to a diner is always bacon over easy eggs, toast, mm-hmm. and um, like an orange juice, like just the staples. Like Classic. that's it. And if you can't make a good over easy egg, like mm-hmm. your diner is trash. <laughs> So here's the beautiful thing, right? Is that you are a stay at home mother of four Tashika and we can hear it right now. And there's going to be a lot of humanity in this. And that's what I'm super excited about. A lot of podcasters will be like, what's that background noise over there? (laughs) Um, Like it's the baby. (laughs) Yeah. You got life. You have life happening. You have, you have four little ones, right? I have four, four kiddos. Oh yeah. Yeah. What's the, what's the age range? Uh, my oldest is 11. My um, my daughter, my second oldest, she will be five in July. Um, my baby boy just turned three. Um, actually, Mother's Day. His birthday was on Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And my baby girl, she will be seven months here in a few days. So I'm spread. I'm spread. spread. I am. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> my husband is super supportive, which I'm very thankful for. Um him as supportive and as supportive he is ugh, what can't talk today how supportive he is of me of doing the things that I do because mm-hmm. it is very time consuming um I spend a lot of time on my phone um I spend a lot of time on my computer um and kind of not always super present yeah <clears throat> and he takes that with a grain of salt and he knows that like you know this is what I have to do this is how I bring money into the home um, you know, even though like he hit like him working completely, completely um, is suffice for us. Like we are live off of his sole income, but <clears throat> me bringing things in leases the stress off of him a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Every little bit I helps. Could, yeah. Like babe, I could pay the mortgage this month, this month. Like I, I could pay the light bill. I can get groceries. I can get Chick-fil-A and support my habit because I'm addicted to Chick-fil-A. Um, <laughs> so like, my poor children have become addicted because I'm addicted. <laughs> They're always like, oppression never <laughs> oppression mm. never tastes so good. I know. No, I'm just like my for me and my really good friend, she is like not like we're both the same. Like we don't play like the, the oppression, all those things, right? And mm-hmm. people are like, but you still eat Chick-fil-A. First of all, I'm pretty sure you still use products that you shouldn't be using. <laughs> we're not gonna talk about that. So leave me and my Chick-fil-A alone. Mm-hmm. We out here just surviving. It's quick dinner, quick, quick. Okay. When you got four kids and they all can agree on Chick fil A, we're going to Chick fil A. Victory. That's the <laughs> yeah, victory. You got to take it. It really, yeah. really is. Yes. 
Yeah. Tashika, tell me, was, uh, was, you know, we're going to come back to a little bit of the, of your content creation. I'm excited to talk to you about like what the, what that choice was, but I want to stick to this, uh, the, the idea that we're on that, you know, you got four kids at home, you are a stay at home mom. Uh, was this, if, if I, if, if I talked to, to Sheikah, you know, 10, 15 years ago and, and told that Tashika what modern day Tashika is up to, what would she say right now? I know you fucking lying. <laughs> <laughs> that is the realest answer. That's the, literally the first thing that popped in my head is that the the younger Tashika would be like, I know you fucking lying. You who who got kids? Yeah. No, not me. Sorry, no, no, ma'am. No, sir. <laughs> I, yeah. They would be surprised. And then that was like 15-year-old Tashika, like, you mm-hmm. know, 15 years ago. And then like 10 years ago, she would be like, I have how many more children? Because I had my son oh, yeah. when I was 19, going on mm-hmm. 20, my oldest. <clears throat> And uh, so I would be like, no, because it's funny um, when I met my husband and our first date, because we met online, which I'm totally not ashamed to talk about. People were like, you can share that. I'm like, yeah, I was like, you, you just mad because plenty of fish didn't work for you, but it worked over here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like my um, I met my husband online on our first date. We were talking. He's like, yeah, I've always wanted a lot of kids and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, wow, those blue eyes, you're so you're so cute. So sad. This is our last date. Like, I'm just like, cause I'm like you, this is the wrong person. And here I am six years later, three extra children married. And I wouldn't, I would never have seen where I am now, but I am immensely grateful for it. I am like, I, like I tell my husband all the time, like, and it's so, and I know a lot of people like, don't want, like, they feel like you shouldn't, equate your success or your happiness to people and like pen them with people. But, um, Mm. my husband saved me Mm. and in ways that I didn't even think I needed to be saved. And, um, you know, not like I was out here doing like the most, I was literally finding myself and living my life. And I have found myself. I, I balanced motherhood and working and still having a single life, um, very well. And, but when I met my husband, it literally was like my soul came home. And, um, I was like, wow, I literally like, I cannot departure from this person. Like I, like we had, like, it's like glue. Like we have to be stuck together all the time. Like here we are with our children and married and have a house and like doing the whole, like, you know, the dream, like living the dream that so many people want in the nice suburban subdivision. And <laughs> you know what I mean? That's quiet. Applebee's point you know, five I mean, miles away. <laughs> you know, like out here looking at the lawn, thinking about like, wow, did we put the weed and feed down today? Like <laughs> it's going to rain today. We should probably put the weed and feed down. Like, you know, these are things that I never thought that I would think of. And, you know, but it is such a beautiful thing. It really is. Yeah. Even though it's stressful. And sometimes I'm like, I want to run away. I want to get in my car, drive off and like disappear forever because I'm overwhelmed. Um, motherhood is overwhelming. Being a wife is hard. Mm-hmm. I never grew up with <clears throat> the notion of one, how to be a good productive mother because my mom is pretty toxic. Um, she's totally going to probably hear this and be like, wow, she called me out. Um, <laughs> my mom is toxic um and we have a very weird strained relationship and um so like i never i knew what i didn't want to be like as a mother and this is why i also never wanted children because i was afraid to become her Mm. since like this is what you know you you are what you're raised to be like you know and um and i never was like around um married couples so i didn't know what it would be like to be married like so this is like all new territory for me you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm like the first successful marriage in like a long line of my family. I thrive in this being a mom. This is why I'm able to wake up every single day and do it at 630 in the morning, you know, and go all day until like 1030, 11 o'clock at night, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, so like, and I know like, you know, people are just like, Oh no, motherhood is such a blessing. And it is, but it's also sometimes a curse. (laughs) It's a, it's, like, yeah. it's a balance of both and like I feel like people need to be more open and understanding and admit that and being a stay-at-home mom is hard as hell I will mm. tell you that it's so hard it really is no I can 
quite literally only imagine. I mean, you know, we had, uh, you know, we took some, some, uh, some paternity, maternity leave and stuff like that. When our boy was born, uh, he was born on new year's Eve of 2020, put an exclamation point on the end of 2020. And and, uh, so, uh, and we took some time and, and then we didn't start daycare for three or four months. Um, and even now we're still doing just like three days a week. Um, but like, even that, uh, that time I was like, well, I don't know how stay at home parents do it. Right. We like, like my wife and I immediately built so much respect for first single parents, then stay at home parents then right. Then all parents, right. Like it's just like, it is, uh, it is so it's so much for sure. Yeah, no, it is. Um, and it wasn't something that I like thought that I would be, I never thought I would be a stay at home mom. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, well, I'll always work. I've always had jobs. I've been literally yeah. working and finding how to make money since I was like nine, 10 years old from like watching my mom's friends, kids. Like they would like, I, I like, I remember being 10 years old and having like 12 kids with me at sometimes like, and then I'd be like, <laughs> like 12 of us. And I'm like the ringleader. And I'm like, this is what we're going to do. Everyone sit down at dinner. This is like, you know, I've always been able to do that um and always been the responsible one and then like dog walking and helping the paper routes and then when I turned 16 I got a real job and it's always been going I've always had a job right and um it wasn't until like 2019 and this is actually what started where I realized that I had like I've always like I've knew that I had anxiety but I didn't realize how bad my anxiety was and then also how much I ignored post my postpartum um depression um with my previous two kids, because if you don't take care of this, and this is for everyone listening, if you do not take care of postpartum depression, it does not go away. It may seem like it's gone. You have another baby, it happens again and it triggers. And postpartum depression could come and sneak up at you at any time when you're not working on it, right? So um, it was like a shocker for me. I had to be a full-time mom. I had to do all the things all the time, 24-7. Even when I had to go to work, I had a new baby. I was in a strange area that I knew no one but my husband's side of the family who had moved here. I mean, me and his mother are very close. She's like my best friend. I'm very lucky and thankful for that. (laughs) Um, But... (laughs) I didn't have like my own tribe that I'm used to. Like, you know, my best friend wasn't here. My younger sister who I'm really close to was not here. My grandma, my dad's mother was not here. It was mm-hmm. really hard for me. Um, and I like did not realize like I was going back into depression. And in 2019, I like snapped one day. And like my husband to this day still gets scared if I'm gone too long and he hasn't heard from me because he's like, no, she yeah. left. She left y'all <laughs> gone. Your mama gone. No, but it's not, I didn't like, you know, and because I really was like in a really bad headspace and I started going to therapy and I like, I talked to my therapist and she's like, do you think that going to work stresses you out a lot? And I was like, no, I'm like, I love working. Cause I do. But I started realizing that that's where my anxiety was starting to like come up. Right. Yeah. Um, because I had to hurry up and get ready, you know, get the kids ready for when the nanny got there and, make sure that they had food and make sure the house was in a trashy mess when she got here. So she didn't feel like she had to clean. Or if my husband was like, Oh, you know, I, you, we don't need the nanny today. I will be home earlier th- this time and time for you to go to work. And then he was just like a few minutes late because he um, is a general manager at a restaurant. So like, you know, I know how that works. It's like when you can leave and it's just like stress after stress. And like, I broke down, I had a breakdown and I was like, I need to not work. And like, so I went to my husband and I'm like, honey, what do you think if I just quit and I just started staying home with the kids? And he's like, I told you already. I don't, you, he's always supportive about me doing whatever makes me happy. And he's just like, if you need to quit because you're not okay, please do that. Um, He goes, I don't care if whatever you decide to do does not make you any money. I don't care if you decide you want to bird watch, but as long as you are finding joy in that. And um, so I started staying home and I thought that that would be the fix all right. Yeah. And it wasn't that just brought on other challenges. And like, truthfully, I'm tired of my kids. <laughs> I'm tired of them. I'm like, why are you always got to be in my space? I'm just trying to poop by myself. I just try to pee by myself. What do y'all want? Like, leave me be like, you know, and they're always just like, mom, mom, what are you doing? Mom, mom. And I'm just like, my, my name's not even mom. I don't even know who I am at this point. Like, but that's not me. So I know who you're calling. You better go find her. Like, you know, um, and I'm still trying to navigate myself here. We're here. We are two years later into being a stay at home mom. And I have immense respect, just like how you said that, you know, that you and your wife got that. So did I, I was like, wow, like y'all do this all day. Mm -hmm. 
every day. Wow. Like, where's my PTO? Yeah, where is my vacation time? Where's my sick leave? <laughs> where's my rest? It does not exist. Like if it's like, you know, I've been nursing, I feel like for like the last like three years and I'm just like, I'm tired of nursing. I'm tired of, I'm tired of cooking meals. I'm tired of, you know, wiping up boo-boos and doing all these things, making sure this house is clean. And it's just, it's a lot. It is a lot being a stay-at-home mom. But also, I know this is something that I really thrive on and people are very shocked when I tell them that I have a hard time being a stay-at-home mom because they're just like, including my friends, they're like, but you make it look so easy. And I'm like, no. Not a damn thing's easy, James. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I just like thought it about is... that. I'm like, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I mean, I was raised by a stay-at-home mother as well. While my dad would commute into into the New York City <clears throat> um, and and work at his uh, insurance or reinsurance job, and uh, and I, uh, you know, I think this always happens once you uh, not uh, you know what <laughs> if you ever become a teacher, you reach out to your old teachers and be like, I'm so sorry, right? And if you become a if you become a parent, sometimes you reach out to the people that raised you and be like, I'm sorry. Um, right. Because <laughs> you're just like, wow, you did so much more than I even thought about. And, and that's the way it was in my case. You know, I, I know uh, you alluded to the fact that I think we were raised differently, but still, uh, like, there's still a dumb amount of work, even if you're not doing it well. Um, right. Like, <laughs> still- there's, I do, you know what? And that's crazy because I don't think that my mom realizes this either. Um, I do have immense respect of what she did, um, mm-hmm. you know, because. Although she, a lot of things that she did was very toxic that has damaged me in ways. Um, She never left. Mm. And a lot of moms don't do that or dads or anything. Like my mother was always there now. Mm. And I mean, emotionally and mentally, was she? No, physically, yes, she was. You know what I mean? She, and no matter how hard it got or how overwhelmed she was, she still stayed. And I immensely respect that. Um, I, I have like, I mean, like, as I said, our relationship is very strained, but I have called her like, cause I'm going through like a preteen stage right now with my oldest and it is rough over here. It is rough. Somebody save me. Okay. If you hear this, this is the SOS help. No. Um, but my oldest, he's going through his preteen stage and it's just like a lot of things that he's going through. And I'm like, damn, was I like this? Yeah. And I had to call and ask my mom and I'm like, was I like this when I was like 10, 11 years old? And she's like, no, you were such a good kid. Like she's like now your older sister. Yes, your younger uh, siblings. Yes, you know you were just like always like how can I be of service? And I think that also helps me be a better mother, um, because I think about it and like the times like when I really because like I am the advocate for saying like if you need to lose your shit, lose it. Do not suck it down and harbor it and not allow your children to see that because your kids need to see that because they need to see how you come out of that because that teaches them healthy habits instead of just swallowing everything when they're not okay and just keep pushing on and just emotionally exhausting themselves. Um, They need to see you literally lose it because I do that sometimes. I like literally lose it and then I like have to breathe and then I have to bring them in. um, And I'm like, listen, you know, my, my daughter is starting to get old enough now that she understands she'll be five. So she, you know, I can talk to her real, but still in kids way that she can understand. And my son, I can start talking to him more in the adult tone, but still childlike, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, mommy's going through a lot. I am overwhelmed. I am very overwhelmed because I'm constantly going. And when I have to repeat myself, when I have 50 million things up here in my head, it is overwhelming for me and then I short circuit and then lose my mind and I flip out you know and that's not always the right way and I do apologize and I'm working on that and I think that is also important for your children to see that you the humility that you have and my mother never was like that was always her way or the highway and she is like to this day very that never happened. I never did that. <laughs> and I don't want my children to ever come to me and be like, you know, mom, you did this when I was a kid and it really affected me now as an adult. And I'm just like, I'm really sorry. Like, how can, what can I do to help you move past it so we can work on it together? You know what I mean? And I think that is also, so, and I think by me doing that is by talking to them now so that as they get older, they're not feeling unheard. You know what I mean? So um, communication is the biggest thing in this house it's always like just talk to me just tell me how you feel it's not gonna always be what you want to hear or what i want to hear 
But I, you know, because I'm, I'm, I've never been a mom of an 11 year old. This is my first time. Yeah. I've never been a mother of a girl before. You know, my daughter's five and like, you know, she's starting to get her own little attitude. And I'm just like, I was like such a, yes, I'll do whatever you want. And I'll be so nice of a child that it blows my mind to see other, like to see other kids not be like that. And I have to remember that every child is different. And that's such a powerful lesson for for so many, particularly your young boys, um, right? Like feel mm-hmm. what you feel and don't be afraid of sharing what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, we all uh, we all need to share for sure. We all need someone to talk to, and we all need someone. Uh, you know, we all need to be able to feel what we feel and name it. That's a real powerful. So that is one hundred percent true. Yes, you are yeah. right. So it's funny because, you know, you were talking earlier about uh, this idea of, you know, mommy's overwhelmed um, and I'm going through it. Now, something that you and I both share in common is that we are Enneagram twos, um, which means that we are helpers, uh, sometimes accommodators. Um, We feel what other people feel. um, And most importantly, what I want to talk to you about is we are terrible at setting boundaries. Um, And so... Boundaries in parenting is fascinating because we are, you know, if you, if you follow the, the cliche uh, mommy blogs and things like that, they are out here telling you need to be all things at all times and make it look easy, right? Women have been told, uh, do everything and make it look easy since the dawn of time. And that cry we both, and, know, cry we both know that's some bullshit. Um, and yeah, for sure. Right. Like be a duck, keep it, keep the hot mess down below and keep it smooth up top where people can see you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, and so when we think about this idea of setting boundaries, this is something I'm terrible at. And so that's why I'm going to ask you the question. Um, so I don't have to answer it, but uh, <laughs> how, do, <laughs> how does, how does boundary setting work? for you in, uh, I would say in your, in, in your motherhood or in your life, right? Cause there's also times where you have to set those boundaries up, um, with your husband. Like right now you're like, you know, you, I'm gonna do a recording. I'm gonna need you to take care of these kids, right? This was a boundary mm-hmm. that you set where you said, this is what I need. Um, but Enneagram twos are typically terrible at, uh, at, at, uh, at, at setting boundaries and saying what we need because we're fearful that that would push somebody else away or inconvenience somebody else and whatnot. And, and just a real quick aside, for those of you that have never taken the Enneagram or heard of it, uh, it's E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. Uh, and it's a, an assessment that kind of puts you, uh, it tells you a lot about yourself and it's, uh, it's pretty powerful. It's, it's very well done. Um, it talks about how you show up in the world. And so I would recommend it. I think you can find it for free online. It is. You um, can. So for you sure. Can. So Tashika, tell me, tell me about boundaries in your life. And you know, when, when did you get good at setting them? Are you working on getting better at setting them? Are you still trash uh, at setting them? How are how you doing? <laughs> came for me. He came for me, sir. Are you still trash? Wow. Um, I'm trash. 10 out of 10 won't recommend. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, <clears throat> well, that's so funny. What helps me is that my husband, because I'm really big on like Enneagrams. I'm also really big on, um, I'm big on Enneagrams. I'm also big on signs, like astro- like you know astrolog- astrology signs. Okay. And um, I'm a Gemini. Okay. And my husband is an Aries. Mm-hmm. Also, my oldest son is an Aries. It's hard in this house. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> my, <laughs> my oldest son and my husband. Sometimes I'm just like, somebody please come get me. But um, the truth is, is that I never really had clear boundaries, especially with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, my um, my mother in particular and um, my siblings, because like I said, I helped her raise them. Mm-hmm. So I... Um, I do whatever for them. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, you need this. Oh, can I borrow money? Can you take me here? Can I do this? Like when I lived in New York, it was like, like I always came last and like, no one cared. <laughs> they still kind of don't care. But, um, it wasn't until I met my husband that I had to start learning clear boundaries. My husband says this thing called palming situations. Like, you know, okay. like when you like, you know, when someone is coming at you and you like go like this to their forehead, like you like put your hand up to their forehead and they're like trying to run, but they can't oh, yeah. get stiff, past because you're like, kind of thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. so my husband does that mentally to people. 
into situations that does not deserve his energy. And he like, he would just shut it down. Like, no, no, we're not doing that. This is the hammer and I'm laying it like, you know, and, um, it used to drive me nuts because I didn't know how to do that. So, and when he would do that with me, when he's like, this does not need energy, we are stopping right now. We're not doing this. And like, I'm just like, no, (laughs) and he's just (laughs) like, you need to start caring more about yourself and don't care what anyone thinks, including me. And like he, and he says, he does, he goes, you don't even, you shouldn't even care what I think. Like, and I'm your man. Like, you need to start caring about and worrying about Tashika and worrying about what Tashika needs and what's filling Tashika's cup. And it was something that, like, you know, until I met him, this is why I said that he saved me um, because I never knew this about myself. And I never was, I was always afraid to set boundaries because one, I have abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I immensely, I have emotional abandonment issues, not physical. Because my parents were not emotionally available. I, yeah, they were there. They were, I've seen them. Like, they ain't go nowhere. But emotionally and mentally, they were not there. Like, you know what I mean? They had their own things that they were trying to work out and go through. And they would had no time to be my parents. So I, essentially, I raised myself. And mm. because of that, oh, I, didn't, I didn't know how to, as a child, to healthily set boundaries. You have to be taught that, right? Like, right, you have to yeah. show, you have to have examples shown. And um, so, like, my son and my husband, actually, now I'm thinking about it, really showed me that. So um, by just, like, I want to say when I was 24, I went through something really big. Um, I'm trying to decide if I like want to say it or not. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you have no so, obligation. Your story no, is yours to tell. And, it's okay. Yeah, yeah I no, I, way, I've gotten friend. way better at like talking about it um, because it's it's still something that I kind of like push to the back. But I, you know, so when I was 24, um, I got pregnant again with my oldest son's dad, and we mm. were not together. And, um, he was like, we can't have another baby. Like, you know, because he is, he was like, no, it's like not going to work. It was like a lot of circumstances of why. And we went back and forth and I ended up having an abortion when I was 24. And that was a huge wake up call in my head where everything shifted, where I started realizing because I didn't want to have an abortion. I did it because it was more of a pressure from him and what he felt was right. And as a true Enneagram too, you want to do whatever makes everyone else's life easy, regardless of how you feel. And um, I'm a true Enneagram too, unfortunately, like, and I love being one, but then sometimes it sucks. I know you can understand that. Um, I've taken a test like 50 times and I still keep getting the same answer. <laughs> like, and I try to answer and the questions like all weird and stuff. And they were like, listen, no, this is who <laughs> you are. And I was like, all right, fine, I'll take it. Um, but when I had that and then a year, a year later um, is when I met my husband, actually almost to the date of when mm. I had the abortion, I met my husband. And I was like, wow like you know what i mean like all those things started i started creating more boundaries in my life boundaries with my mother um you know like no i cannot do this for you because it's going to take from me um i've always wanted to leave new york but i stayed because you know my son and my his dad i didn't want to leave them i didn't want to separate them i didn't want to move away from my siblings because they heavily relied on me and my mother heavily relied on me um and i didn't want to leave because i didn't want to inconvenience them you know Mm. and i wish like then i knew about enneagrams because then it would have made me understand a lot more and um you know like i said me and my husband i was just like i'm ready to like live my life like i gotta live life you know and it just turned into me like all right we're moving to texas and my husband's like what (laughs) no no i'm a i'm italian and hairy bro it's hot down there i'm not we're not going respect and i was like okay so we're going and here we are. And it's like the best move we ever made in our lives. And it it, it taught me how to also create those boundaries moving away and um, not having to physically see someone when you say no is so much easier. If you're going to survive this chica and if you're going to be any use to anyone in this world, you have to set boundaries. And I'm still battling it internally and saying to myself, like, people are not hating you because you're telling yourself no your kids come first and your husband comes first and then you worry about you what makes everyone straight but the truth is how can we put all these people first and not ourselves because then what the hell are we giving them mm-hmm. and i'm and i'm realizing that now as well and that is another boundary is that like my time is important what i want to do in this world and what uh, my voice that i want to create in this world 
is of importance in order for in order to do that I have to carve out time where you guys are not bothering me and although I don't want my child to feel like I'm ignoring him he needs to also understand what boundaries are and I'm like hey buddy I am doing something right now and um it's only gonna take me this x amount of time and right now you are distracting me so when I'm done with this then I will listen to you but you cannot interrupt me and just expect me to stop doing what I'm doing mm-hmm. just to be there for you. It does not work that way. And, you know, cause that's not real life. And, um, he gets like very, uh, upset, but he's starting to learn and understand that at the same time. So to answer your question and all that hubbub that I said, boundary setting for me is going to be a forever thing because truthfully I want to help the world. And in order to do that, I have to sometimes forget about myself, but I still need to come first because I can't pour from an empty cup. Mm. Mm. That was really, <laughs> has, has really well said. Uh, and I respect it a lot. I, you know, there's a lot that I can take away from that personally. You know, I think Enneagram two sometimes struggle with the question, do I want to be liked or respected? Uh, and, and ultimately boundaries, uh, help us create respect, right. For ourselves, respecting, uh, uh, all that kind of stuff. I think, but I know that I personally sometimes get, get tossed up with that question. And there are Mm -hmm. times where I would rather be liked than respected uh, just because I don't know, I want a quick win, right. As opposed to a long-term win. And, uh, and and sometimes, uh, you know, especially living in a new city and having a new role as a dad and, uh, and all those kinds of things, it's fascinating to watch where we sometimes compromise ourselves um, where we may not have before or where we now see that we're doing it, that we didn't realize we were doing it before. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's super, uh, super interesting to think about this. And, you know, you also kind of alluded to, you know, who do you put first? And, and you said, you know, I, I got to put me first, right? I, I can't pour from an empty cup. And a lot of times from what I have read and heard and also just, you know, spoken to friends who are, who are a little bit ahead of the journey in me in, in parenting, it's yes, you matter, your marriage matters, and and the kids also matter, right? Um, but a lot of times that marriage piece is what gets thrown to the wind and people don't, you know, focus up or, you know, or get make time to mm. uh, to still be in love and find reasons to fall in love again. And, uh, you know, I can even feel myself uh, from some moments, you know, you know, Tina's like, well, she's my wife. And she was like, well, why don't we get my parents to watch the kids? And I'm like, well, I feel bad because then we're inconveniencing your parents. And then I don't know, we just figure it out. And she's like, no, we got to make time for us too. And I was, and I was like, you're right. Right. I was like, and I told her, I was like, this will always be hard for me because I don't want, they're not my parents. I don't want to inconvenience them. And I'm grateful for the help and support that they have provided us. We'll continue to provide. And I don't ever want to, you know, I see that as potentially something that could run out. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, but that's a story I've written. Uh, not one that they have written. They haven't said you get approximately 4.5 date nights a week um, or a month or a year or whatever, James, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? like they, didn't, they didn't say that. That's a story I have written. And so there are moments where I've told Tina, I was like, I need you to hold me accountable to when I push back on you like that to be like, they're fine. They love us. Let's go have a sexy meal, uh, you know, or, know. or whatever. I miss sexy meals. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> let me tell you. Okay, that's so funny that you say that, Jim. So, okay, me and my husband. So, um, I want to start. I want to say 2019 is where we started. Like the summer of 2019 is where we started explore trying to explore Texas. So, our mm-hmm. wedding anniversary is the 27th of July, and. Um, in 2019, I was like, I want to go away for our for our wedding uh, anniversary. Like, I, like I want to. It was this was our first wedding anniversary. We've been married almost three years now, mm-hmm. together six. And I was just like, I <laughs> like I want to go do something. It's like our first anniversary. Like we have to do something big. Like it's really important, you know. And he's just like, I don't know, I don't know, blah blah. blah. Like I don't want to inconvenience my mom with the kids. Like you know, what am I going to mm-hmm. do about this, this, and the third, and all these things, and um. I realized like, so my friend was like, I will take the kids. Cause we're only going for one night. We went to mm. Austin. Right. So yeah. we went to Austin and it was like the best time. Like we like got <laughs> drunk on the streets. Like cuisine. we went to like a fancy dinner. Like we did all these things, stayed in this yeah. beautiful, fancy, ho- like this hotel was fancy. Okay. <laughs> like it was 
fancy. Like they were handing you drinks when you walked in fancy. Let me take your car and go park it. Mm. Like it was fancy. Okay. I had, I was so excited and, um, which was super awesome. We had a really good time. And then we were like, we need to make this a regular thing. We need to start doing date night. Actually, it was like February. We planned to go to take like a weekend trip and go to San Antonio. Okay. So I was so very excited. Like I found this bomb hotel. Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard of it, guys, but it's the St. Anthony's Hotel in San Antonio. I was so excited to stay there because Patrick Swayze was my favorite actor. He still is, honestly. <laughs> and he's that was his hotel to be. And I got like a really good rate. And we stayed the whole week and it was like so fun. And I literally the week before, like that week, because we went on a Friday, that Monday before we left, I thought it would have been funny to take a pregnancy test that my friend left here and I peed on it. And I said, no, that's not funny. This is not the joke. I thought I you, was playing. You took a pregnancy test because you thought it would be funny? I literally fucking did. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this would be funny. And I took it and I said, Akiki, hell, this this is not the joke. And like, I cried. I called my friend who left the test and I said, how dare you leave this shit at my house? Like, what's so mad at her and she was just like oh my god friend I'm so sorry I can't wait till you listen to this so she can hear it and be like damn that was me and then I text my husband I'm like babe Houston we have a problem and all he sent me was party hats because like I told you earlier he wanted a lot of children so he was just like another baby and I'm just like no I was about to listen we was about to go to I was about to do something strange for for no change in San Antonio (laughs) and then here you go knocking me up in January and it's February it was just it was crazy. So can't get over the fact that you're like, I'm going to take a pregnancy test as a joke. <laughs> and what then, was he thinking? I have no <laughs> idea. I don't know. Literally, if you if you had waited a weekend, you could have got you could have drank and whatever, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. I mean, you probably could have drank anyway. But anyway, let's not get into all that. <laughs> but still, <clears throat> um, that's it. Yeah, no, we we're gonna get these mommy bloggers coming for us <laughs> for real. So, yeah. So you mentioned your husband Zach, um, and. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, you know, I hate to be the person who tells you this, but I don't know if you noticed, but uh, your husband's white uh, and and you're not, Tashika. No. I don't know. I know. I don't know if you, I know. It's clearly someone, I, someone hey, else. Is, did you hear this? You're white. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. I know. It takes one to know one. So uh... <laughs> I've always like my whole life kind of dated outside of my race. Um, truthfully, I, um, I have dated one time I've dated a black guy before and I realized it was like, I don't know, not that it was like bad or anything. It was just not my preference, which I think it's really okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I think especially where we are as a country right now with so many things with black lives matter with, um, you know, busting, um, somatic, um, System, okay. My brain, right? Systemic <laughs> racism. I don't know why that it came out like that. Because you got four kids. That's why. Because I got four kids. <laughs> but um, with systemic racism being where it is and we're blowing it out of the water and like, you know, exposing it to its utmost that people are like, it's really it's a very touchy subject to say that you have a preference or like, I, I, I like white women or I like black men or mm-hmm. I like, you know what I mean? Because then people are going to really hit that really hard and be like, Oh, so what are you, what's the what's wrong with black men? What's wrong with black women? What's wrong with yeah. what? And it's okay to have preference. And it's, it's about how you word it in the way that you act and the actions that you take that set, like sets the tone for your preference. I feel like, sure. um, but like, you know, my oldest son, his father is Filipino, actually. He's from the mm-hmm. Philippines. And like, I like went through like a whole stage where I dated a lot of um, Asian guys. The Asian men were like my thing. And then um, and then I dated a lot of white men. And like, I really sound like a hoe right now, the way I'm saying that. Um, <laughs> I dated a lot. Like, <laughs> You just dated. I just dated. I was like, I like that's the whole shit. I was dating. I was dating. You know, um, getting free meals. Exactly. And you know, I mean, truthfully, my number one thing is like, I like guys with beards, long hair, long hair, and green eyes. Was like, I was like Mm -hmm. obsessed with that. I don't. I like. I just was like, you know what I mean. And um, you can't have your eyes. You can't. You can't. And like, I catch a. I've caught a lot of heat for this, y'all. 
I've caught a lot of heat for this quietly. I don't always expose it because I feel like it's unnecessary because people are going to just hate. And at the end of the day, my husband's still my husband. I'm still rocking this ring. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like I'm still married. We still got this house that we're paying for. Like, you know what I mean? We got all these kids in this house. Like it's not going to change just because, you know, you guys feel uncomfortable with it. Um, And if anything, I feel like interracial relationships is what's going to potentially heal this country. And people look at me crazy when I say that. And I'm like, they're like, really? Like, why do you think that? And I'm like, well, like, think about it. We went through a really long time where it's just like, you know, black is not beautiful. It's ugly. And like, you know, the like where it's beautiful is beautiful blonde hair and blue eyes or straight hair or fair skin. And like, you know what I mean? But I can tell you the way that my husband looks at me, I've never felt more beautiful in my life. Like, you know what I mean? You know, over here with like scars and stretch marks and, you know, definitely way bigger than what I was when we met. And like, it's like nothing changed for him. And that is like, I love that feeling. And then um, I feel like when we start showing that no one cares and it's not the color that people are looking at when they're looking at a person, that that is definitely going to help heal this world. You know, people hate when I say this, but America was literally built off the backs of black people. Literally. And, um, and stolen from indigenous people. Stolen from indigenous people. <laughs> and it's 1,000% a third world country and Gucci clothing. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, um, so it's, I like, so this is why I always say this. And, like, I teach my kids, like, very, like, and I think also, like, having um, biracial children helps them see the world differently. Mm-hmm. And like like I said, I never wanted to have children anyway, so I never looked to have biracial children. Like that was not even in the game for me. But I feel like when you think about it, that like, you know, like the lovings, how what they went through and how they fought to have mm-hmm. um, interracial relationships be a thing. And it was deemed, when it was unlegal and now it's illegal that I could, like I could marry my husband. That says something and that builds something in this country is because we see the problem and we're trying to fix it. And we're trying, like, you know what I mean? It may not be going the way that we all want it to go in the rate in the, as fast as we want it to go, but there are change happen. There's change happening when we're immerse, immersing in other cultures and loving it for what it is and not caring that it doesn't look like you or it's not what you would do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, so it's hard though. Cause I get a lot of the, Oh, you must deeply really hate yourself to be with a white guy or you have what? slave. Oh, girl, oh, I've heard it all James. Oh, I have slave mentality. Oh, um, my husband must have a fetish for um, black women. And I'm like, actually I'm the first black woman he dated and we're married. <laughs> so like, so he better not. That sounds real weird. Then where'd that come from? Like, you know, and I'm like, no, it's like, yeah. I mean, I'm not at all. And it's just like, it's like, my husband's not like, he was never the type that has like a preference. It was like a circumstance of where he lived, like where he grew up in New York. There wasn't like a ton of um, black people, like black girls and stuff like that around. Like, you know what I mean? But oh, then like we met and we just like, it just happened. Like, you know what I mean? But, and it's, it's crazy. Um, and, you know, and I've gotten a lot of, oh, it's because you talk so white. That's why you blend in. And I'm like, no, I'm, I said, I'm sorry. Should I be more ghetto to seem more black for you? For you? And like, the sad thing is that I don't catch a lot of heat from white people about me dating my husband being white. Mm. I get it from the black community heavily. Um, I've gotten like, oh, you can't speak on racial injustice if your husband's white. Wow. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, wow. I'm so sorry. I forgot that when I married him, my skin color changed and I'm no longer a black woman. And when I have to fill out applications, I have to check black or African-American. Oh, gosh. I'm like, that doesn't change. Like, you know what I mean? And it's it's really, it, it sucks though, um, because it's just, and I always feel kind of sometimes out of place and, um, you know, my black friends that I've met here on virtual in the virtual world um, and the black influencers who are married and it's like they're spouting black love and like, what can, I can't say that. Like, you know what I mean? And like, sometimes I feel out of place because I feel inadequate. Like 
like I did something wrong, but in truth, all I did was follow my heart. And that is what ultimately we should do. As long as we're, you're not hurting or harming someone and you're not doing it in a harmful way, always follow your heart. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know what I mean? And, but here I am like in a completely loving and happy relationship. And like a lot of things come from that. And like, you know, a lot of people assume that we're just like super well off and have tons of money because my husband's white. And I'm like, no, I still got bills. <laughs> my bills don't go away because oh my, my husband gosh. was white, honey. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And like, so like, I really, we have, we raise our children to talk about social injustice and social issues. Um, my oldest son the most. Um, my daughter, I talk about, she's very, she's not like really tan. Like she's definitely lighter, way lighter than me. You know, when you start mixing milk and chocolate, you're going to get mm. light, you know what I mean? So she's, <laughs> She's quite like light brown and but I talk to her constantly about loving her brown skin. Um, and I explain her, I mean, in some terms that she can understand because, you know, I'm not ready to tell her how babies are made or where they come from. Like she knows they come out of my belly, but she don't know how they got there. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and like yeah. and I just tell her like, well, because daddy is, you know, tan daddy's white and mommy's black. And when you mix us together, we get she goes brown. Me, you get me. I'm brown. Yeah, and like she goes around and I tell you, like she loves the song Brown Skin Girl. She sings that song 24 <laughs> She'd be like, Brown Skin Girl. She goes, Mommy, my skin's like pearls. And I'm like, Yeah, girl, you Mommy. She goes, flexing in my complexion. Like she <laughs> she is down to be brown. And I love it. And I think that's so important. And like my husband and my my mother-in-law definitely pushes like all like the beauty of that like you know what i mean like yeah. and i think that's very important as well and um this is why i say like having interracial marriages um and inter like not even just black and white but like hispanic like i hate saying hispanic i always have to correct myself mm -hmm. but latina and um and black or latina and white or asian and white asian and black like all those when you start mixing all these cultures and races together we start realizing that we are more alike and more uniformed and one than we thought. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that's beautiful. And that is how we're going to heal this world. Cause once we start for stop realizing that there's differences and start really realizing there's more similarities is when we realize that we're just people and we all going to die anyway. So shit. Here we go. 10, <laughs> 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 10 out doctors 10. agree. 10 out of we're 10 all going to die. Agree. You're not living forever, all right? Like you're not out here. You do, you do not have immortality. Yeah, and I grew. I mean, I grew up. Uh, I grew up on Long Island uh, in a very white town, right? If I mm -hmm. if I grew up in the city, you know, maybe I would have had. I guess it depends what schools you go to, right? Because I mean, mm -hmm. money can buy you whatever sort of exclusivity or whatever community you technically want, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, potentially, right? If I, I mean, if my white parents, they were if they were super affluent, wanted me to go to an all white blah 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 school, I, I could have in the city. But I mean, you know, grumble along in my town of Long Island. If you saw, you know, five six black people walking together you thought it was a movement right because that just wasn't that just wasn't the makeup of my town right it was an incredibly white town mm -hmm. uh, and you can't help where you grew up but at some point in time you uh you either make the decision uh to recognize uh that there is a a, a lot more out there than you know based on your sheltered upbringing uh, mm -hmm. or you stay because ignorance is bliss and uh i'm you know i, I made a choice and uh we we keep fighting because of it so um, and i love yeah. that so i want to just say thank you real quick for that because um and i know like people feel like we shouldn't have to say thank you for that but i'd say thank you because this whole country was built off of racism and um so to see people step out of that box and realize like the injustice and try to and who wants to fight that and try to create change this is how also change happens is by people realizing that change needs to be happen and they need to join a movement to you know and i i love that and i take that super seriously and um i mean i don't talk about it a ton on my social channels because um of all the backlash that I constantly get about, oh, your husband's white. And like, it just drives me nuts. And I was just like, no, like when I need to talk about it, I will, but I really heavily talk about it with my children, especially my oldest son. And, you know, like yep. we, like he saw in firsthand the anxiety I had during the trial for George Floyd. And when um, that murderer, cause let's call it what it is, was, 
convicted and found guilty, I cried. And my son was like, I was so scared that he would get away with that because it seems to be a pattern. He's 11. And like, you know, and I don't, and I try not to create bias in my children because like they have to find their own way, but I create the truth. I tell them the truth and like not my opinion of the truth. I tell them the, I give them facts all the time when they ask me. And, um, you know, now that he's getting older, he can all formulate his own opinion and ask me questions. And he was just like, you know, I was I was really scared to talk to him about the situation with George Floyd in the beginning, but he found out on his own because he's 11. And well, he was 10 at the time. And I was just like, yeah, that happened, buddy. And, you know, and he was just like, well, what can we do to create change? And like, we got to start giving our kids yes. voices too. And that's important because they are our future, y'all. They mm-hmm. are how we are going to get better as a country. They are how we're going to get better as a pe- as people is by allowing our children to voice themselves and to teach and to educate instead of hiding it. Because that's what we, that's what was done to us. And this is why we're still trying to figure it out because mm-hmm. it keeps getting hidden instead of just letting it out and being real and having honest talks like that. That's facts right mm-hmm. there. That's facts. And and thank you for sharing us about the tough conversations that you have, uh, the important conversations that you have with your children and the teaching that you're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, as you know, I'm, I'm a white man married to a, a white woman and we have a white child kind of how it works. And, uh, and, and like, no, he came up, he came up yeah, Brown. Right, James. Right? No. <laughs> This, this motherfucker is a redhead. Um, he's white. He's whiter than white. Um, but uh, but still, he. Uh, <laughs> I'm cracking up. He That's is. Uh, uh, but you know, we don't have to have conversations like you have to have conversations, right? For the health and safety, uh, livelihood, and uh, of your child. Um, uh, but uh, not but and uh, we will have conversations um about why we don't have to have those conversations right mm-hmm. uh, because there, there's got to be those com- we just we just got to talk and I will not I will not raise a child who is naive to his appearance and what it means um, mm-hmm. and so uh but you do so much teaching in your home you uh, Tashika, where I want to end is, is you also do a lot of teaching uh, in your in your social media presence and on your blogs and stuff like that, right? You life with Tashika. Tell me uh, and and tell tell the listeners, you know, what are what are some things that you love to talk about? That if I follow Life with Tashika on Instagram or or if I if the blog, if I sign up the newsletters, whatnot, uh, what kind of what kind of stuff are you throwing out uh, to the people? Shit, a lot. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, honestly, I. And I talk about how motherhood has shaped me as a woman Mm. and how it's affected me as a woman, how, um, you know, how mom communities are important. I talk a lot about that. I talk about mental wellness a lot too. I've made many vulnerable posts. Like, and I have some good stuff, but the problem is, is that like in social media, like we've said before, is that like there are these cookie cutter highlighted reels of people's lives. And we're not talking about the real, the nitty and gritty because the good cookie cutter things happen. It's life. We always get good bits, but there's also messy bits. And it's really important to talk about those because then that is how people feel heard and seen is by you talking about something that they're going through instead of them feeling inadequate because their life is not quote unquote social media perfection. I just want to build a community of realness where people don't, don't feel that they're not anything. I don't want anyone to ever feel the way I've ever felt in life. Mm-hmm. So I tend to try to post things that make people feel seen and heard. So yeah, that's just, that's me. That's what I post. Tasika, you are most certainly coming with the realness online. You came with the realness today Thank while you. we kicked it in the diner. Uh, and uh, you are a gift, my friend. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for wanting to spend time with me in the diner. Thanks so much for telling some of your story. Uh, I know there is so much more that it, that that we could have gotten into, but I'm grateful for what you did share uh, oh, with, uh, with us today. I loved it. Thank you so much, James. This was an absolute pleasure. Um, for any mother who is out there right now listening to this, any even dads, right, and you feel lost in life and you feel like um, parenting and parenthood is swallowing you whole, Mm-hmm. you're not alone. The people that you see on the internet and then your friends that you see next door or your neighbor or your mom or your dad, cousin, uncle, sister, it doesn't matter. All these people who just seem to have it all together, don't. They just cry in their bathroom quietly and you're just not afraid to cry out loud. So mm-hmm. do it. 
do it because it's hard and find your tribe and talk to them and tell them how hard it is so then they feel comfortable so we can start setting a tone that it needs to be vocalized that parenting is hard as fuck and that those books that they gave us to tell us what parenting was going to be like is bullshit because it's not okay we out here all just trying to survive these damn kids because what the hell is this (laughs) amen Yeah, so I hope you guys all have a great time with us. Um, Again, I appreciate you guys listening to my little journey. I will see you guys on the flip side. Thanks so much, James. Thank you, Tashika. Y'all, that was Tashika Grant. She is an incredible force. Uh, The way that she speaks about motherhood, parenting, marriage, uh, life is really captivating. You can tell uh, that you were talking to a a real authentic human being. And that's just something that, you know, real recognize real. And there's there's power, such beauty and authenticity. And so I'm grateful that Tashika uh, graced the diner today with her wisdom and her jokes um, and her spirit. And y'all, I'm glad that I got to hang out with you. Thank you so much for coming out and kicking it with me here in the diner. And until next time, my friends, keep punching small talk in the face by asking better questions. Y'all take care. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Diner Talks with James. It was so much fun getting to hang out with you and finish our milkshakes in that squeaky red leather booth. (laughs) (laughs) If you do me a favor and smash that subscribe button, that would be dope. And also, if you could leave a review on iTunes, well, come on now. You're going to make me blush. (laughs) Also, if you want to be a part of the action, we record these live on YouTube Live every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go to YouTube and type in James T. Robo and smash that red subscribe button so you know when we go live next. Also, While we're on the subject, I'm James T. Robo all over the internet. I post meaningful content on Instagram, witty content on Twitter. Let's get connected in some other places, folks. And as always, if you're interested in learning more about the guest tonight, please check out the show notes. My friends, until next time, keep punching small talk in the face by asking better questions. Y'all take care.